Hello and welcome to Dialogue, the Diapoint podcast. I'm your host, Pam Durant. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Dialogue, the Diapoint podcast. Today, I have a very special episode for you. I say that every every episode, every episode is special. Every guest is so special and I'm so honored to do this work. Today is a little different um, because I'm going to have two of my dearest and closest friends on the podcast, not because they're my friends, but they are also deep experts in the topic of olive oil. I wanted to do this for a while because as a coach, a health and wellness coach that's certified also in lifestyle medicine, and recently I did another continuing education that um, is a Harvard nutrition program, and all of these programs based in America and all this research focuses on the Mediterranean diet and how the Mediterranean diet is the healthiest or one of the healthiest diets that you can embrace and eat. I was blessed to live in Turkey for eight years. So I'm very familiar with the Mediterranean diet, but it's not just really a diet. I don't like the word diet because in the West over time, that word has come to mean restriction. Diet is the way that you eat. But if you're really eating a Mediterranean diet, it's so much more than that. It's an extension of lifestyle. And I often say that I did not really learn how to eat properly until I moved to Istanbul. And the reason for that is because, yes, we were eating and sharing family holiday dinners and and different things in America. And there's special traditions around food there. But what I really learned when I lived in Turkey was how to eat well how to enjoy a very long, beautiful dinner. And these dinners were mostly plant-based, which is most of what they're promoting in the Mediterranean diet and the research sense. But it's so much more than that. It's social. It's about community. It's about so many things. And the foundation of the Mediterranean diet is olives and olive oil. And when we start looking at whole plant-based foods and, and nutrition and the way things are marketed versus what's in our food is extremely important. And with olive oil being the foundation of so much of this cooking in the Mediterranean Aegean um, regions, it's super important that we understand a little bit more about olive oil, because if we have good olive oil, then I truly believe that we have a very good foundation on which to build the Mediterranean diet. So that's why I have asked Aishin Gilroy and Yonja Tokbash to join me today for this very special discussion. Um, let me tell you a little bit about more about them in the professional sense. I can tell you a little bit about that too, but I can tell you a lot about them personally. Aishin Gilroy is a passionate olive oil entrepreneur with a profound love for the Asian region and its liquid gold. Her and her family-owned olive oil business journey began with a deep appreciation for olive oil's rich history, health benefits, and culinary versatility. Aishin worked as an academic for many years. She was a professor of English for academic purposes for over three decades at several universities in Turkey and also in the United Arab Emirates. In 2022, Aishan and her husband, Brian, founded their olive oil brand called The Gilroys, with a commitment to producing the finest cold-pressed extra virgin olive oil from Mimicic Olives, which are native to the Milas area in Turkey. Their journey began with a small grove and a dream, and today their olive oil is celebrated for its impeccable taste and uncompromising quality. Their dedication to excellence was recently recognized when the Gilroys was awarded the prestigious gold medal at the 16th National Natural Cold-Pressed Olive Oil Competition organized by the Friends of Olives Association. This is a testament to the uncompromising quality and exceptional taste of their olive oil. I can speak from experience. It is amazing olive oil. It tastes so good. It's so beautiful. We'll learn more about that in a bit. Aishan is also a member of the Boldrum Slow Food Movement. If you've never heard of the Slow Food Movement, Slow Food, it's the world's largest food movement that started in Italy around 1989. 
It's been embraced by hundreds of countries around the world, and the slow food principles focus on three concepts, which is good food, clean food, and fair food. If you've never heard of it before, I highly recommend going to do some deeper dive into to slow food. And that's not all. Aishan's talents extend beyond the olive groves. She's a culinary virtuoso. She's an amazing chef, and she's also the creative force behind the Geroy Cookbook. I'll put that Instagram link in the show notes where you can follow it and her beautiful creations. It's a guide to beautiful, healthy food and entertaining. This was created from her experience as a chef and owner of a boutique cafe. And I've been blessed to eat many meals at Aishan's table and they are five-star restaurant. Amazing. She's a beautiful chef, actually. So I highly recommend following her. My other guest today is Yonja Tokbash. Yonja graduated from the Lycée Charles de Gaulle in Ankara, Turkey, and studied English language and literature at Boazici University in Istanbul. She left her corporate career of 25 years in 2012 to pursue her passions, which include writing, running, bees, advocacy, and olives. Yonja is also a CTI-trained co-active coach with a focus on self, emotions, and communication. And she's a two-time TEDx reset speaker. She was a columnist at the Hurriyet newspaper in Turkey for over 10 years. And she now writes independently on her own blog. You can also find her in social media. Her first book was published in 2012. And she's working on her second book, which will be out very soon. Yonja is also a marathon runner and an ultra marathoner who has run various races throughout Europe, as well as ultra marathons like the OCC. Uh, CCC, and at the UTMB uh, in Mont Blanc. She's one of the first three women to run the 256-kilometer Lycian Way ultramarathon in Turkey. I've seen that area from the water, and it's absolutely beautiful. But to run that far as an ultra is incredibly amazing. And she's done it more than once. She goes almost every year. She also holds the record for raising the highest amount of funds for the education of children in need in Turkey. She's also raised funds to create three forests near Izmir and Balıkesir. She is a bee advocate, and she's the creator of Anatolian Bees, Bee Love, a movement to save the bees. Yonja delivers bee love workshops and speeches on sustainability, connection with nature, awareness, self-sufficiency, and peaceful activism. Yonja's love of olive trees and olive oil comes from her grandfather who owned olive groves and produced olive oil in the Mula region in Turkey. The ancient, wise, and natural way of communal work for the olive oil business inspired many of her passions and for her to continue this journey. She started her own olive oil brand and business 10 years ago in her small garden with just 10 olive trees. With a certification in permaculture design, she now owns a grove in Shankoy, which is a Turkish village that's famous for its organic olive groves. Her 2022 olive oil was awarded a gold medal, and the 2023 Harvest of Olive Oil Special Series, which is named Hope, has a record level of polyphenols, 1,041. 1,041 polyphenols, that is. Aishan and Yonja are both partner members of the Bafa Natural Life Agriculture Production and Marketing Cooperative, which was founded in 2019 to bring together the agricultural power and unique ecosystem of the region under the roof of a new generation production cooperative. Please welcome my very dear friends, Aishan and Yonja, to the show. Yonja, Aishan, welcome to the podcast. This is going to be so much fun. And exciting and good and, and all weird at the same time, because when we get together, we're never really like interviewing each other or talking official stuff. So let's see if we can keep it together for, for the listeners. I'm sure we can. But no, really, thank you guys for doing this. It's It means so much. And you all are experts in this area. And like I was just telling you before we started, I wanted to do this for so long because there's a lot of misconceptions there's a lot of trendiness about some things and like all health and nutrition things they become trendy and then it gets confusing for people and and then sometimes what's being sold isn't exactly what is being sold 
Um, so, so I just want to start and and break it all down. First and foremost, I want to start with Aishan. If you can, because you you just recently moved and started focusing on olive oil and now the full production of it. And it's been so nice to see it in your Instagram from start to finish. What happens? Because harvest is coming up soon, I believe. Yeah. When when does that start? Um, anytime. In, to be honest, it can start anytime. It depends on uh, your um, produce for the year. But, you know, last year, if I take my experience uh, last year we did it uh, mid-october the first early harvest was mid-october is there a benefit to harvesting earlier or later yes definitely Um, when you do an early harvest the health components in the olives are much much higher the polyphenols uh, which are some health components i should say they are very very high in number when you do an early harvest so mm. the quality of your oil is amazing because it's had possibly less rain so i, I there is a misconception actually you did say that there are misconceptions about this a lot of producers here in turkey in the villages actually believe that the longer you leave your olives on the trees the better your oil will be or uh, or you will get more oil. Um, well, <laughs> again, from personal experience, I did two harvests last year, one in October and one at the end of December. And uh, believe it or not, the ratio of oil um, was actually exactly the same. I didn't oh. get more oil because I waited <laughs> for another two, three months, which wasn't the point of me waiting anyway. That's another story. But yeah, that's a misconception too. But the quality is definitely better when you do an early harvest. Amazing. And for those listening, so polyphenols, they're basically, we can say, um, antioxidants that are found in olive oil, known to be anti-cancerous, anti-inflammatory, anti-aging, and have a whole host of other, other benefits. What is a good percent of polyphenol? I I did some research about this. In most of the world, they say that over 200 is a good level. Over 200. Over 200. Is that what we should be looking for, like minimum, if we're buying olive oil and then they're promoting it? Well, that's not necessarily, but that's what they say uh, in the uh, literature. You know, but then I realized with Yonja's and mine, <laughs> ours are like record level polyphenols. Our our oils had like mine was nine hundred seventy five count, and Yonja's it, uh, was even more. So she can talk about that too. Yeah, but, Yonja, how much? How much was yours? Uh, one thousand forty one. Wow. Uh, for the first, I mean, for a type of um, olives that I have um, chosen for the for the for the olive oil and the second part was 899 amazing amazing and so then what what does that mean from and here okay let me digress a bit we talk a lot about health wellness and diabetes on this podcast for people that are listening um at dialogue and it's it's our goal to give people information about how to live well how to support your health. And if you have diabetes, how you can, you know, better um, manage or support yourself if you have diabetes. And one reason I wanted to talk about olive oil was because there's been a lot of studies that it can, and I want to say can, because it will depend on other lifestyle factors and other genetic factors for you as well. But olive oil can be supportive in helping to maintain very good glucose levels. This has been studied. This isn't like hearsay. This isn't the latest superfood. It's been studied a lot over the years in PubMed. So it's legitimate research. Um, and even if you look at the consolidating evidence, so much leads to how olive oil affects you positively. So if you're producing olive oil that's, you know, a thousand polyphenols, compared to why why do they suggest then in the literature that good is like 200 if, um, but but yeah you have so you know such high polyphenols in your olives um th- can i yeah or, yeah 
Yeah, because you started with Aishan. So the thing is, actually, Pam, um, it also depends, for example, what type of a producer you are. How do you aim to uh, put your product out there in the market? Are you willingly to do an olive oil for salad, for cooking, or medicinal one? It depends on your targets, which, again, goes back to where is your olive grove? What type of species of olives do you have in your land? Because we have registered, I think the registered number of olive species that we know so far is like around 99. Wow. So we have 99 different species of olives that live only in Turkey and Anatolia. So the, 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 the thing is, these are the olives that grow in Turkey that are coming with the health components that we already have ingrown in our soil, the rain, the, the, the geographical factors. I mean, is it in a hill? Uh, because the olive trees love hills and they love rocks, for example. But then again, depending on where you are located, your species of olive, all these are factors that actually play a, a role in the number of polyphenol that you will be getting. Mm, amazing. Oh, 99 the, in Turkey. How many in the world? I think it's like something 120 or something. But again, like I said, like discovered and played together because mm -hmm. they genetic, genetically modify as well. Not, not modify, but let's say they do marriages of species, trying mm -hmm. to see um, if, for example, a certain olive oil area will be able to produce more fruits. Mm. Uh, which are not very supportive of because yeah. olive, olive tree is not um, like the other trees. I mean, it can survive many factors like global warming, no water. Like it's like the oldest uh, olive tree that we know so far is almost 3,500 years old. Mm. Where is that located? Uh, it's in Milas. Ooh. Ah, okay. Amazing. So I have, and I have to say, I was really surprised you know, I had my one little olive tree that when I moved my house and it was like dying because they couldn't finish the garden. They couldn't finish the house. And I just, every day I would go look at it and I would just want to cry, but I refused to get rid of it. I put it in the ground and leaves started to come out. And I was like, huh, but more interesting to prove your point. So this summer we drove around Muzza outside, you know, just next to Boldrum. And a lot of that had burned the year before. And I could see how much it there there are no words to describe how much was lost but in so many places what was left were the olive trees yeah you can't kill an olive tree even with fire because its heart is under the ground so no mm -hmm. matter what happens on the surface the heart survives under the ground mm. that's beautiful so i mean why 200 I think the world of olive oil tries to put a standard to make people understand how this is important on your health for anything and everything that you have mentioned and Aishan has mentioned earlier. But on top of that, I mean, it's not about the, the quantity, but the quality from how you look after your trees, how you harvest it, um, how you go to the, to the factory to uh, press the oil, et cetera, et cetera. But 200 is just to say, and on the other hand, not everybody can have the highest polyphenol uh, that, 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 that can be done mm -hmm. because not everybody is ethical as well. Like, for sure. example, Aishan said, why did we harvest mid-October last year? Because we were observing the trees in our region. The olive tree must be ready to give away its babies. Uh, it, it, you can't have an early birth for a child. I mean, before seven months old. So we can, we can't do a harvest when when the baby's three months old. Yeah. So that also uh, differs. Like uh, for example, my trees in Yalikavak, Bodrum, they are always ready around mid mid August because we water the garden. But on the other hand, everybody says, no, you can't do an early harvest in August. Yeah, but I mean, look at my trees. I mean, they're, they're all started falling down. 
But the other one, again, in October was a perfect timing for our both, both of our olive groves to make the harvest. So people now try to reach the highest polyphenol with an, a non-ethical uh, early harvest. Mm. So meaning they, when you say unethical, they're just harvesting before it's time. Yeah, before the, before the tree is ready. Okay. Okay. So then in purchasing olive oil, so there's polyphenols, which is amazing. And then the processing is so important and what goes into that. What is the difference between, you know, we hear about virgin olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, cold pressed olive oil. There's so many different variations of harvest. Could you break down for us, like, what is really the best one that's going to help us get the best quality of olive oil? <laughs> well, it's, yeah, I mean, uh, natural olive oil. I mean, olive tree is a fruit tree and olives are fruits. So basically, the best thing is getting that fruit juice, mm. like not mixed with anything, um, just pure fruit juice, which is pressed, good quality olives. I, I think that's the simplest answer. Well, okay, virgin means that, basically. It means there's nothing else in that olive oil except good quality olives. It's the fruit juice. Mm. Um, what else did you ask? Cold the, press? Uh, yeah, cold press. press. Yeah, you see a lot of, because a lot of it also, we, we can be sure uh, or I'm sure a lot of it's like marketing and the way things are presented is always so confusing if you're not, you know, working in that industry. So for people buying olive oil, when they see something cold pressed, does that mean it's better if it's cold pressed? Again, depending on the species of the olive oil. I mean, like you said, it, it requires a lot of um, curiosity and awareness. Like, for example, Aishan said, I mean, it should be virgin in the sense that where is it coming from? Like in the good old days, we used to know the producers. It was not mass production. Okay, so you would know from which olive grove it's coming. For example, Aishan names it the Gilroys, right? So I name it Dirty Aprak Yonja because it's my garden. It's Aishan's garden. It's their family's garden. So you know the producer and you know most, you can reach that producer and ask multiple questions like you do today. But again, cold pressed, but there is an olive oil that you can cold press at a, at a certain degree. While you're pressing it, I mean, what does the factory do? I mean, sometimes they say stone pressed. Okay, stone mm -hmm. pressed, but then that spe specific tree, for example, uh, olive oil, would be okay for uh, losing the polyphenols into the oxygen because you would be using it for cooking, for maybe salads. But if you want to have... Um, more health component olive oil that you will be using in your house, no matter what, whether it's salad, cooking, pasta, this, that, but you want to have a better health component with it, then you need to make sure that it's cold pressed in a factory where you don't lose it to the oxygen. You know what I mean? Like it's mm -hmm. closed, hygienic levels are maintained. Uh, and again, it's cold pressed according to the species of olive oil. And it's so the question must be, where am I going to use this olive oil? Mm. Depending on that, you can get, get virgin, extra virgin, uh, natural, uh, cold. You know what I mean? So th these are the categories. But most of the people, when they go to the market, like you say, they see all the produ production, all, all these brands. And uh, what do I do? They go by country. Yeah, exactly. They go by country or they go and i've never had to i mean i took for granted that when we were in turkey having access to good olive oil and then also now with both of you giving me a bottle of your olive oil really it's amazing and then i needed to buy some and of course you you know because you both do this it's increased my awareness and then you know i wanted some for cooking or just general daily stuff and i started looking at it and looking at where it's sourced from where it comes from um, who's making it, they're shipping it to other countries and then consolidating it and making it there. And it just says like manufactured in country XYZ, which has no olive trees whatsoever. And it doesn't say if there's other stuff in it or sometimes it does, or sometimes it doesn't. And I see this 
more so with also other types of oils like sunflower oil. It won't even have a drop of sunflower oil in the bottle, but there'll be a picture of a sunflower on it. It's very misleading. Um, it, it's so misleading what, what is in the bottle. So if I'm just shopping in my local supermarket and I go to pick up something, and again, not necessarily by country because some countries are doing it. And actually, now that I'm talking about it, the reason I started looking, because when my mother-in-law came, when Sarper's mom came to visit one year and we're cooking Zaytinyalu, um, something, I, I don't remember. We're making like a traditional leeks and olive oil dish. And it was so like watery. And she said, this is bizarre. It can't be the leeks. Like, what is it? She said, it must be the olive oil is not good. She said, let's try a different brand. I said, well, this one must be good. It's from, you know, it was from a European and Mediterranean country. It wasn't from Turkey because there, there's there not a lot of, you know, Turkish olive oil available in Dubai. And she said, I think it's the olive oil. So I changed it. And sure enough, the dish was not overly watery. It came out as it should be. And that's when I went, oh, just because it's from a country that produces a lot of olives doesn't necessarily mean it's a good quality. I think it's relevant. I do want to take it back to the cold pressed issue. Yes. Um, you know, I know Yonja said that it depends on the type, but also there is a reason why cold pressed is actually better than hot pressed. The the uh, the reason why people actually uh, not do cold pressed is again they want more oil out of their olives. So mm. when the machine is hot, malaxor, whatever that is in English, you know the the thing that actually mm -hmm. beats the olives. Um, when that machine is hot, the expectation is that it will actually give more oil. Um, and that's the difference. Their oils. Uh, okay. And what it's is the temperature? Sorry. We're going to ask about the temperature. Well, yeah, that too. T uh, tell 20, me, tell me more. 27, 27 degrees. 27 degrees Celsius. It should be around or under 27 degrees Celsius. Yeah, okay. for our yeah for our olive oils, for example, it's around 24, 25 max. It should be 23, 24. Mm. So it's so important. Like you cook it and it doesn't need to be cooked. Right. Like I said, it's a fruit juice. It should be as fresh as possible. So, I mean, it's not the... Uh, it's not about an expiry. You will be losing the, let's say, the, the, the more it stays in a bottle, you the polyphenols will be getting down, 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 down. But I mean, getting down from a 900 or a 1000 to what, to dropping down to what. But again, like you should use it immediately, not make it, uh, not expose it to the sun or oxygen too much. Mm. Buy it in small quantities if you're going to be, you know, using it within a month. But if you want to store it, you get it like high uh, quantity, let's say five liters and stuff, but then you just break down into small bottles to uh, and keep it in a cool place, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's important, like Aishan said, it, people think they have a presumption, and it's like this everywhere around the world, not only in Turkey. Like this misconception, mis, uh, misinformation, or it has been believed to be so. Uh, no early harvest gives a lot of olive oil, and um, cold pressed does not minimize the quantity maximizes quality and gives you a lot of olive oil as well um, and like what we say mature harvest is another type of olive oil it's just like by diversity you will be having multiple types of olive oils from one garden mm. you know what I mean so yeah and you mentioned Aisha earlier um, when you said you know virgin extra virgin that reminded me I wanted to ask you what is the difference between virgin extra virgin because if it's virgin and it is just the juice what what do they mean when they say extra virgin i have no idea you know in turkey we say natural olive oil mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in turkish we don't have virgin or we have virgin oil. olive oil yeah i know no, so i noticed I, that i genuinely have no idea why oh. one is extra and the other one is virgin i think it's a marketing tool myself i'm gonna uh, look it up later I'm, i don't uh, know Yanja, actually, do you know what um, the thing is, 
like we have people who are way more uh, proficient than us in the subject. Like yep. they can actually uh, tell you the, the nuance between. But extra virgin, we recommend it, for example, for using um, in salads, like you don't have to cook something with. It's going to be fresh on your salad, like on a dress, like a dressing on your pasta. Then virgin, it would be okay, like for a zeytinyalı or something. Mm. But everything below that, you'll go towards um, kızartma, like the frying and this and that. That's how I see it. Mm. But on the other hand, I hope for the world to become so aware that actually um, the, the the mass production, instead of losing that very bad and sad olive oil to something and marketing it and selling it to people, we come to that quality level where we don't actually give the part of the olive oil to people. But then again, uh, like I told you, we also need that part as well. It's a wasteless, uh, mm-hmm. wasteless. Um, uh, how can I say waste this production? Right, right. And it, um, and then it also appeals to every economy. Like not everybody can afford that quality of olive oil, but even that low quality of olive oil is still um, usable, let's say. But then what you yeah. said about seeds, like uh, check like the sunflower, this and that, that's something that, that cannot be even compared or should be sitting on the same table as an olive oil. Olive oil. No, is- no, no, no. Yeah. yeah, no. I was only using it as an analogy for exactly. labeling and bottles exactly. and and marketing. Definitely. But no, then no one thing for sure, Pam. I mean, for the qu- people who are trying to get a good quality olive oil, they should just ask themselves if some is if the olive oil is that cheap on that rack. Um, is it an olive oil or something else? Because. Mm-hmm. Like Aishan, how difficult is the harvest? How difficult to make something good quality? I mean, like no way, no way that olive oil. I mean, good, something good that can't, it can't be cheap. By the way, I did some little research while you were chatting and uh, they do some analysis of the olive oil right after it's produced, um, which is also what we did. And that's how we know the polyphenol levels and other uh, compounds that exist in our oils it actually um it actually says that if it has no defects and uh it has a free acidity then which means uh less acidic um yeah. then it's called extra virgin <laughs> and then if it has minimal defects and uh, the acid is between 0.8 and 2 it's graded as virgin yeah. It's the first I've heard of this uh, distinction between extra virgin and just virgin. Mm. The, 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 the acidity plays a great role as well, which is important. So true. Like, yeah, it's good that you looked it up, Aisha, and I totally forgot that part. Because and is, is, it, is it good if it's more acidic? No, less. No, the less, less, acidic. Acidic. less acidic. It should be yeah. below uh, 0.4. If you read mm. 0.4, then you, it's another level. 0.39 great zero they are saying here 0.8 and below is extra virgin mm. so yeah yeah that, i've learned something now as well <laughs> That's, i genuinely didn't know why it was extra and just virgin because in my view and because in turkish you know we do say good quality natural olive oil um, yeah olive oil yeah exactly and the the West, particularly, I mean, I'm going to say it, America, my country of origin, is very good at doing these things. I mean, there's a lot of good olive oil produced in California and, and you know, some states like this, but there's also a lot. And I feel like it's because people focus on, oh, this is the next superfood. And then they have to mass produce it because it's about quantity over quality. And that gets lost somewhere on the way along with the other scientifically proven fact that, you know, people talk about dieting and everyone is confirming what we already know. The Mediterranean diet is the healthiest diet, quote unquote, in the world, or or, or that's been studied at length, right? It's the healthiest way that you can eat. 
And it's being presented as if this is like a new thing. And I'm like, you do realize that for thousands of years, this has been going on in some countries. <laughs> and there's a reason that people are healthy there. It's, you know, part of, okay, Turkey's not listed in the blue zones, but blue zones are kind of a craze right now. And it's one thing to do with the diet and what they're eating, but it's also, you know, the the community and the experience of eating and everything that happens at the table, I think is all, all part of the Mediterranean diet. If you're eating the Mediterranean diet with fresh whole foods, rather than something that's just labeled as a marketing you know, tool, and they're taking advantage of the study Mediterranean diet is very different. And this is what, why I wanted to talk about olives, because that to me is the foundation of the Mediterranean diet, in my opinion, olives, maybe, maybe some other things that I'm forgetting, but for me, it's, it's olives. So important. I hated olives before I moved to Turkey because in, (laughs) in the States, they would sell them in a can. They were disgusting. They didn't even taste like olives. I don't even know what that is or what they do to it by the time you get it and they're in water. And I was like, Ugh. but the first time I had a proper olive it was amazing. It's so true what you're saying. I mean, again, it depends on the species and the soil and how it grew up and how it has been prepared, like the, the olives that we eat in the breakfast. And we have so many different types in one breakfast. Like you go to an olive counter like crazy, like in the marketplace, maybe at least 40,000, 40, 40 types of olives that comes that you can pick and choose. And according to your, you know, taste, you can have whichever you want. But I mean, like, like you told in other countries, it becomes like a pickle. Mm. And that's another category. I mean, you can have it in your, you know, with a drink or something in a different place, but no, for, for, for like, enjoying the fruit itself. I think we're doing a great job in Turkey for this as well. I uh, Absolutely, for sure. I think it's very um. understated and unknown. And so Aisha, your olive oil, and it was really great because you started producing, you know, relatively new production. And then you suddenly, you started winning awards for your olive oil. Again, like, congratulations. It's so good because I think you know, also it's something that for some people it would take them years to, you know, get recognized. And it's, it's just such an amazing achievement. So can you tell us more about that process and what happened, how, how it came about like personally, but also in general, how does one get get prize winning award winning olive oil? Yeah. First of all, you need olive lover friends like Yonja. And (laughs) (laughs) definitely I, I give part partially a tiny bit of my award to Yonja, a tiny <laughs> because it's so precious for me. No, seriously, I'm not joking. We had really um, good guidance uh, from people like Yonja and um, other uh, experts that really gave us a hand. I will never forget their help. And this started, I mean, I'm going to try to make it really short because it's a long process, but this started looking uh, with looking after the trees and the grove you know we gave the trees the right food we did some uh, pruning that was really necessary for the branches to actually breathe uh, they do say that a bird should be able to fly through the branches of an olive tree so oh. it, yeah it should never be so thick that a bird can't get through it So, yeah, we did all of that in the right way with the help of um, our expert friends. So that's looking after the grow very, very roughly. I'm not going into detail, but then the harvest time comes. I mean, the harvest is incredibly important. I really learned so much in our first harvest, you know, clean sheets under the trees, um, just using something like a fork, um, which doesn't damage the branches of the tree or the leaves it just makes sure uh, makes sure that the olives drop on the clean sheets that are down at the bottom um, not picking the olives that have been on the ground for days weeks or whatever because these wonderful people the olive pickers actually want to help you and they want to put everything in your crates and it's like no 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 we don't touch those olives that have been on the ground for so long you know because they rot they get the smell Mm -hmm. of soil they get basically um, they're bad yeah damaged yeah 
So not collecting those and um, collecting all the olives in crates that uh, can have air through them. Because in the past, villagers here used to put their olives in sacks. You know, uh, sacks don't breathe. There's no air in the... So they get oxidized and again, they rot in those Mm -hmm. sacks. So the crates are important. As you are picking them, it's October, it's the Aegean, it's still hot. You need to make sure that you put your crates in the shade, not in the sun. Because again, yeah, they do wait for a couple of hours before you can go to the factory. So again, you make sure that you put them in the the shaded areas. And then again, another statistic I read, I mean, I like these because that's why I researched like the 200 polyphenol, you know, what does the world accept as a good polyphenol rate? The same thing I researched and I said, you know, how quickly should you get your olives to a factory? You know, they said anything between 12 to 12 hours to 24 hours for a good uh, time between picking Mm -hmm. And pressing the olives, right? Wow. But That's we were fast. there. We were there in six hours. <laughs> Ours was even like from the first crate that was picked to the moment our olives went into the pressing machine. It really was like six, maximum seven hours. We mm. rushed seriously. We we drove <laughs> so fast because you know we wanted to get our olives there. So this is the story of a good harvest you know, what the, the points I've made. Then you come to the factory. The factory you take your olives is incredibly important. You know, do they have good machines? Do they have clean machines? If they don't clean their machines every day, forget about your good quality olives because if some bad quality olives have been through the machine that you're going to put your olives into, yeah. then it's going to get really badly affected by the previous lot. Yeah, it's going to contaminate your contaminate harvest, right? Your okay. Yeah. I mean, I heard amazing stories by these experts because there's a, a table and you all get together and then you kind of sift through your olives with by hand manually and get rid of the bad ones. If there are any, the leaves, you get rid of the leaves. There are machines that do that too before you get your hands on it. But I mean, they're so meticulous about this process that, you know, there's six, seven of us. And they were telling us, Like if a guy is smoking next to the machine where the olive oil is being pressed, your oil will end up smelling like tobacco Mm -hmm. or ashes. It's, you know, it's so sensitive, that process that, you know, you need to be really careful with things like this. So the machines are great. And then when the oil is pressed, cold pressed, you know, I mean, I will never forget that first sip of olive oil they just actually we waited there and they they give it they gave it how, how sorry to interrupt you how long does it take once you put in the machine and then the olive oil it comes I out think we waited minutes or no no not minutes no, it's long minimum, minimum uh, half an hour four to five minutes okay. i can't remember yeah, yeah. because for yeah. the first drip to come you know i mean it goes through a process it's being pressed etc etc with the malaxor that the first drop that you had it was like almost maybe an hour to an hour and a half maybe yeah so when we took that i swear i had tears in my eyes it's You're such a, it's such a um i i don't know how to i mean not not a holy experience that sounds weird but you know you because you you think it's a miracle that you know because you've been there you've done all of it uh, you haven't told some other people to do it and it's a miracle though i mean i it's, it's, it's it is. That's, that's when you understand it's fruit juice. Like, yeah. And my husband said something like, I will never put a drop of olive oil in my mouth without appreciating the effort that has gone into this. You know, it, we all had tears. Like, um, and I mean, they did a quick tasting there and they said, this is going to be incredibly high polyphenol, super quality olive oil uh you can be sure i mean the factory owner friend said this is uh gold medal stuff he did the minute it came out he said you know this is it just by looking at it he could tell uh, taste it oh, when, he, when he tasted it okay and Aishan also i mean they are uh, professional olive oil tasters who also give 
workshops on this and they train people for that. So they're very professional. I mean, the fact yeah, and they can... are, yeah, not only that, they are also in panels yeah. uh, in, you know, they are assessors. of. Mm-hmm. All... So also after that, very, I mean, the end of the process is they did uh, put our olive oil in steel tanks and they uh, filtered it and then they rested there. The oil rested there for about two more weeks. And then the bottling is really important. Dark colored bottles, very, very important. Uh, we see, uh, you know, Yonja and I always talk about that. You go to restaurants in Turkey and they put olive oil in, you know, like see-through yeah. bottles and then they leave it on the table. In the sun um, all day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, heat, uh, light and oxygen are bad. You know, these three things are bad news for your olive oil. So you really need to put them in a dark place, in a dark bottle, and make sure you close the lid very well. So when you do all of these things, you can actually keep your olive oil for a long period of time. But with the proviso that you understand that once you open that bottle, uh, the polyphenol levels definitely go down. So it is not like a a stable rate. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't open the lid, actually, as it waits, um, it does actually go down mm. so yeah that's the story of our gold medal <laughs> that's such a beautiful story and really I mean amazing and right there like all your labor and everything you put into it and then to create something so natural and beautiful it's it's just a really lovely experience and I'm really sorry I have your olive oils we'll put some pictures and links in the show notes but I should have had them here so I could show people Oh, we don't what, what they look like. Get one bottle from your kitchen and I can get one from there and we can just put it here. Mm. Yeah, we can. I'll I'll put it, I'll put all the links up. We'll do it. We'll do it. Or or when I when I do the record like the outros and stuff, I can <laughs> do it. But um it's it's just so amazing. And it's re- and it's really special too in the bottles when they're you know, they're not like overly big and, and it's not a mass produced thing. It really is a labor of love, so to speak, um, for lack of a better word. And you, you see that in, in every detail, like I said, down to the labeling, um, and like Aishin, because your whole family, including Gino, the dog is, is a part of the label. And it just makes it to me extra special because it tells a little bit of the story and Yonja, your label as well tells the story. Um, you know, dirt yaprak Yonja, and then before the one, you know, with the bees, and you know, because if you don't follow Yonja, she's a very big bee advocate, and um, they're very important in the process of pollination of everything, um, including the the olives. So they they all tell a story. So for people that are listening, so we talked a little bit about the label and stuff, but if I am going to the supermarket and I'm going shopping. And I went to get olive oil. What are what would you say are the top three things I should be looking at or looking for to make sure I'm getting a good quality olive oil? Well, it should the bottle should be a dark color. Number one, it should be covered. But in the case when it's covered, for example, now it's like the, it's a trend. You know, you have a bottle and then it's covered with paper or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that for me is like I mean. For the for the sake of environment, I wouldn't like to cover mm-hmm. my bottle. But then yeah. it should be a dark colored bottle, like almost almost like black. Um, again, if you're buying for drinking purposes, uh, if it's a medicinal olive oil that you're looking for, the bottle uh, the it should be 250 ml max or less, like 100 ml. It can be even uh, less than a hundred ml uh, bottle. That's that's very important. And please, 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 it has nothing to do with the color of the olive oil inside. Because mm-hmm. some, some people say, oh, it was pretty dark green olive mm-hmm. oil. And I'm just like, so? It has nothing to do with the color of the olive oil itself. Because again, it can be the species. It can be when you harvested. So many factors play with the role. It can be like almost like a yellowish color but it can be a super good quality uh, high polyphenol olive oil as well so Mm -hmm. what you should be first looking for is you can check the acidity read the labels where is it produced where is it coming from 
does it mention anything about the 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 polyphenols or something actually they don't really allow you to uh, mention anything about the polyphenols as well because when it stays in the bottle like we sent mm. to the accredited laboratories we have the label like it, we know how much exactly of what we have vitamin e d a k all the other tyrosol um, polyphenols etc etc but then you can't put them all on a label but at least something around, you would know that it's something plus, okay? Mm-hmm. And then normally, the in the ideal world, they should be able to taste the olive oil before they buy mm-hmm. it. Because yeah. for some people, uh, high polyphenol and bitter, you know, where you feel the fruitiness and uh, the aftertaste, which is like almost um, burning black sense. pepper, the burning mm-hmm. sense, is great, what we're looking for. But then some people just don't like it. You also have your own taste. So in the ideal world, you should be able to taste your olive oil like you're buying, you know, in a restaurant and drinking uh, wine. And then you should be able to buy it. And what also uh, is the smell? When you smell the olive oil, you you will be able to uh, smell grass, green grass, like vegetables, roca, for example, the rocket leaves, or any kind of uh, flower that's been growing around your olive grove. So literally, you might be smelling apricots, you might be smelling thyme, uh, mint, uh, rosemary. So you should be literally trying to smell and hmm, I get the smell. So it's it is. A perfect olive oil. Hmm. So that's that's one thing that you should be looking for. If you I can't do it. any of that and you taste, you can't taste, you can't smell because you're in a big supermarket. Also, something else I would look for is the production date. Yeah, um, like I mean, they do say say that there is a shelving life of two years for olive oil. So I would really like to buy um, fresh <laughs> olive oil. So I I started looking at dates. Exactly. Mm. That's so important, like Aishan said. And one thing, actually, if this olive oil is super good quality, like we do with Aishan, uh, in my experience, the the harvest that I had four years ago in my garden in Bodrum, and we we made an experience with the the tasting um, experts, uh, and we were amazed. Like, we opened the bottle, it was uh, stored in a cool place, dark place without being open. And we're just like, wow, that cannot be true. It was as if it was produced yesterday. So it, again, depends on how you grow your olives, how you look after them, how you do the harvest, where do you press them and how do you preserve it? But like Aishan said, it should be fresh and mm-hmm. use it fresh and finish it within two years. Don't wait mm. for drinking or eating your olive oil uh, you know, for so long. Mm. I mean, also in Turkey, we have a great advantage. People actually know, I mean, you know, um, experienced uh, olive oil users who know what they like. They also know what olives are used in their oil. Like some people say, I like Ivalik olive oil. Or some people say, I love Memejik olive oil, which is ours. Because The magic has a more burning sensation than the Ivalik Gemlik type. So yeah. if you know your olive type, that's another way you can choose your olive oil. And they should say it on the bottle. You know, I noticed that the mass-produced uh, companies can't actually or won't put the olive type on the on the label because they yeah. miss so much. Yeah. You know, they basically buy olives from wherever. Yeah. Uh, so, but I mean, that's again, if you're really uh, meticulous and curious and, you know, keen on having a great olive oil, that's something else to watch out for. Mm, I, yeah, I've seen not many here, of course, mention the, the ones from the other Mediterranean countries, only one or two. And they're often not even the most expensive ones sometimes. Like they're, you know, I mean, Pam, this is actually, this is, um, this is something that touches my heart. When we talk about mass production or small production, like we are boutique, I am a boutique producer. Last year's harvest, I only had 417 bottles of 250 ml. But I mean, two different types, like with umut, which is hope, and the other one, hayal, the dream, two different polyphenols. But then 
with so little production, I could act, I know every person who bought my bottle. So you mm-hmm. can explain to them, they can come back to you, ask you questions. So it becomes like a mm-hmm. it's such a great way of connecting with people, like how the olive oil and the olive made me become friends with people what we exchanged as information and how much we learned from each other and about olives and olive oil production. That also makes a great, In I mean, maybe I, I should say like, I mean, it adds a lot of awareness to all these people. Uh, and if you can get in touch with the person who produced that olive oil, it becomes another story. That's, that's true. I love that. That's, I think also the beauty of being, small business owner not to lump it into that but I know if if a customer reaches out and I'm always usually you know responding and I mean now I have people working with me they respond too but they're getting like from the source the information more information about the product or any questions or they need help and that is such a special thing that can get really lost in large production of olive oil and and if you think about it this is exactly why why the uh, the olive branch has been chosen to be uh representing peace because it makes people come together to make that harvest together all the people in the (laughs) yes my olive tattooed friends (laughs) (laughs) so the thing is you know i mean it makes you come together with all the villagers who sometimes don't get along together, but they they need to come together to work in that olive grove because who's going to do the harvest? Mm. So for survival, for economic reasons, for and then next day they will go to the other olive grove to make the harvest. So you leave every uh, every dispute behind and you come together and you do the harvest together. So it's a, it's it becomes a friendship. You eat together. You do like I. It, it's a beautiful thing around olive harvest. So, I mean, that's one part of it. And like like you said, I mean, we we went to the laboratories. The person comes back to me or Aishan saying, uh, "Can I actually see your uh, your analysis from the lab?" We have it, like the m- most detail that you can imagine. Like in in mine. There was 356 milligram per liter of uh, vitamin E. And people were telling me, so should I put it in my on, on my skin? I said, no, drink it. Like it from within to without uh, to, to outside, you know, I mean mm, to yeah. but, but Yunja, I did have clients who actually got back to me and say, I am buying my second bottle for my skin. Exactly. Oh. They wow. were definitely like every night, and then they just loved the fact that it had such a great texture that wow. the skin was just absorbing the olive oil, unlike popular belief. People think that it's really oily and it's mm-hmm. horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really isn't. And so another anecdote I really want to get in there. One of my friends said, you know, I haven't changed any of my supplements or anything. All I'm doing differently is having a spoon of your olive oil every morning. And she said. My eyelashes have grown. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, L- ladies. Was not enough with the fake that. eyelashes. Go out and get yourself exactly high quality you know olive oil. You know, Pam, this is so true. And also, for example, I had eye dryness, and I put uh, umut as drops to my eye. Okay, to tell you, it burns. Yeah, I that, can't describe how it burns. That's quite experimental. Don't don't try exactly, that. Out. But just to tell you, like no dryness anymore. Uh, so it's just crazy. Like once every week, I put one drop, and that's another. Like in Ayurvedic clinics, actually, they do that. The the mm. eye drops. But and, these are like very un, uh, unorthodox. <laughs> yeah, like, very unorthodox. Um, I have to um, say, um, like as a medical uh, disclaimer, if you're going to. Yeah. To try that, please do not just do it. You need no, to not consult any your, your oil. physician. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Th- that's one thing. Not with every oil because we know the acidity. We know everything be, uh, about our olive oil. And on the other hand, it became unorthodox because normally olive oil was used to heal like olive oil, honey, and like uh, nature is thy medicine. Like we used to have only these resources to heal everything back in the old days. Yeah. Now, like, when we used to cough, 
or have any intestinal problems. Uh, all our parents used to give us a spoon of olive oil to, you know, make the baby poop or <laughs> for any scars that you would have. So it's like you said, and diabetes. When you yeah, eat olive oil grows in your garden and you have it, like every, it just uh, organizes everything in the body. It makes the pancreas, you know, heal. I can't, I no, I mean, like in type one, it won't heal, of course, to that end, but it will help for the insulin um resistance yeah for the insulin resistance and that's what they were finding with the studies with the type 2 for people that um were taking it now when we use the term medicinal olive oil meaning like you would drink it in the morning on an empty stomach from what i understand to get the the benefits of it and what they found is people who did this on a regular basis had some improvements in their fasting glucose now it wasn't like so drastic but when they measured their A1Cs in some of the studies, it was like a 0.25 difference, which for some people, especially if you're pre-diabetic or experiencing insulin resistance, that can make a difference. Yeah. Some, not it won't, it won't work in everyone because there's other factors at play. So, and of course, if your doctors prescribed you insulin or some other medication, you would not replace no, olive no, no. oil for that because it's, it's clearly not proven to be a replacement, but as something medicinal that can can help you and understanding how to get pure olive oil because here i mean at diet point and personally i'm all about whole plant-based i hate the word diet whole plant-based nutrition because diet really didn't come from a word meaning restriction it came came from a word how you're feeding yourself and what you're eating and if you are eating whole plant-based food i.e. Mediterranean diet, but mostly plants and including a really good high quality olive oil, a lot of the problems that you might be having, they will dissipate perhaps if you're having migraines or inflammation or pain or different things. Yes, go to your doctor, but also do the work of having a whole plant-based lifestyle and try a really high quality olive oil and make sure that the one that you're using, if you do want to adopt a Mediterranean diet is the right one. And Pam, what you're saying is so important in that, in like, of course, I mean, the world has changed a lot. I mean, we're living in a very, um, in a in environmentally getting dirty world. I mean, like the, there's only one earth. And since the very first dinosaur, uh, we're using the same water. Uh, the water doesn't go anywhere, doesn't mm. disappear. It gets dirtier and dirtier. So, and we're in it. But then, uh, of course, I mean the health issues and everything. But olive oil, if you if you find the right olive oil, will at least do its best to balance all these negative things that we constantly get from from outside, and it will help you even with the with the uh vitamins and all these uh how do you call them the takviye micro micronutrients supplements supplements supplements, supplements. The, uh, supplements yeah. that you get at least yeah. they will start working better in your body you know what i mean you mm-hmm. always need that extra boost from the olive oil if you can For really sure. reach out and find it yeah so now i'm going to i i got really out of habit with the olive oil and i still have your olive oil so I think I'm going to, I'm going to start, especially now that it's like flu season and all the things going around, it's not going to be any harm to do it. So, and by the way, Pam, our olive Mm. oils, I mean, Aishan's and uh, uh, mine, you can also use it, you know, like a protection, uh, especially when you go to school or, you know, to crowd, like a little tiny bit, like a cover in your nostrils that will also um, protect a lot. Oh. And with your with your flu and everything, when you have a nose that's uh, blocked, see the difference. I am going to start doing that because I went to a meeting last week. Uh-huh. And I mean, bless them. They really wanted to, you know, work with us that so we want to work with them. And for different reasons, we had to postpone this. And they came to like one guy couldn't make it. He was so sick. And the other woman, she came to the meeting and she's like, I was so sick. And she just came for that meeting. And then she was going home. And I'm like, 
don't like do that. And people are still going back to that old habit of, you know, in the post COVID world, pushing themselves to go to work sick. And I understand if you don't have an understanding boss or you're getting paid because you're there, it's so difficult, but I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. (laughs) I can't, I don't have time to be sick. Olive oil shield. Olive oil shield. Ah. (laughs) And with the noise too, with the sound. (laughs) I, okay. We've been, I can talk to you guys all day because of course one, you're my friends, but there's so much to talk about, about olive oil. And we could really more deep dive into, I mean, food, there's so much, even Aishan with the Gilroy cookbook and everything that she does and the cooking and Maybe we just come back and do a whole nother kind of part two where then we we get a little bit more into, you know, cooking with olive oil and recipes and nutrition. And I think I think we we might have to to do that. But thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Everything you do, like personally and professionally, you're wonderful, wonderful friends and just wonderful people doing amazing oh, things in the world. Go yeah. check them. Love you guys. Thank you for the thank support. Thank you so much. It's great. Yeah, and thank you for inviting us. It's been so lovely. Mm-hmm. I, I know we we need to meet up this like and like I was saying before the podcast, not like in a professional context. And I I would love to come. I'll come pick olives. Put me to work. Yes, yes, you should. I mean, we have the next one on the nineteenth of October. We'll go together with Aisha. Join us. Oh.